Greetings and welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Pearson. Today we are going to look at the gospel reading for the transfiguration of our Lord. It comes to us from St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. So we have the great event, the feast of the transfiguration of our Lord. This is where he reveals himself. This is where he shows himself in his glory. And what's really neat about this is once again, we have God the Father speaking. On the first Sunday after the Epiphany, our Lord Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he comes out of the water, we see that the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. And we hear the voice of God the Father making this statement. This is my beloved son. This is an amazing sermon from our Father in heaven. And in the transfiguration, it's as if he's finishing this sermon by saying once again, this is my beloved son and adding with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And this is a huge statement. For three years, Jesus has been running around in the midst of ministry. He's been doing miracles. He's been preaching. He's been challenging the Pharisees. And he's been working and doing the business of his father. And here we get his father saying, listen to him. And when we get this, listen to him, it is really pointing to the fullness and completion of his work. We get to listen to him in the work that he is going to do on the cross. He is going to die to our sins. He is going to die our death, suffer the full punishment of our hell. And on the cross, he is going to make the statement, it is is finished. All the work that is needed for salvation is finished, is given, is delivered, is final for you. And with this finality, we get to bask in the completion of this work. Why would we not listen to our Lord? Why would we not follow him knowing that salvation, forgiveness, all of heaven is opened? Because the work of the law is not only fulfilled, but it is finished for us. 
So the Transfiguration, fittingly, is put at the end of the season of Epiphany because it is that final word of revelation. It is that final statement and that final incomplete statement of this is exactly who Jesus is. He's born on Christmas and we see him throughout Epiphany revealing himself. And as people come to understand who he is, they get to know him and they they get to experience the fact that he is God incarnate. And so here at the end of the season of Epiphany, we have the fullest manifestation of the glory of God. In the Hebrew Old Testament, it's the kavod Yahweh, the powerful dwelling presence of God. And it's concentrated here in Christ on this mountain. So Peter, James, and John go up the mountain with Christ, and they know who Jesus is. They, they've been taught that he is the Son of God. Peter, in the very previous verse, or the very previous chapter, has said himself, when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They know who he is, and they go up the mountain with him. But still they are surprised to see exactly who brought them up this mountain when the cloud envelops them, and Jesus is transfigured before their eyes, and they can do nothing but fall on their faces. This is the full revelation of everything that God is in the person of Christ. So this Christ that they've known, this Christ that they've traveled with for these three years now, this is who he was all along? And I didn't recognize it then? I I didn't cower before him then? This is who he is, and he is holy, and he is powerful, and he is beyond my comprehension, and I can do nothing but fall on my face before him. And that's exactly what it is. Moses and Elijah are there. The one who gave the law, Moses, through whom God gave the law, rather. And then Elijah, who was zealous for the law of God and preached the word of God. They're there to signify and really bring in the full counsel of the law and the prophets who attest to Jesus, who say, Jesus is the fulfillment of everything we have done. And they lead to this moment, and I really love what uh, Kretzmann has to say on this in his commentary. Here was the cloud of the New Testament, covering both the high priest and the altar of the new covenant. This is reminding us of when Moses went up on the mountain to be enveloped in the cloud and to be in the presence of God. And when Elijah went up on the mountain to be in the presence of God, so too they are here now in the manifest presence of God in Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law and the fulfillment of the prophets and who is very God of very God. This is everything. This is what he is. And the disciples' response of falling on their faces is the only reasonable response you can have to an encounter with God. And what does God do to them when they are down on their faces? touches them and comforts them. He calls them to see himself. So as Christ reveals himself in his glory, he reveals himself in his pity for us and in his love for us. I really like the statement that this is the end of Epiphany and this is the full manifestation of God incarnate in the flesh. 
he shows up as God. And we hear Peter, James, and John fall. With this, we, we get to see there is God. How have we noticed him in the miracles and the preaching and so on and so forth? And, and we get this. This is God manifesting himself. And then shortly in Holy Week and Easter, we get to see this is what God does. And so the continuation of the work, here God shows up, not for the simple glory, not to have his disciples cower before him in fear and trepidation, but as you said, to touch them in such a way to bring life, forgiveness, peace, all taken upon him through the cross, in the cross, because of his pity, because of his love, because of his compassion. This just opens up so much. And then the question is, why do we not cower and tremble? Because of his mercy, because of the depths of his compassion. This is the life that has been set before us. And we truly do get to rejoice that God has not only manifested himself, but has shown the fullness of his work to us. I think this goes really well with the statement that, that we make in our liturgy, quoting the Psalms, I believe it is. O Lord, if you kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Because there is forgiveness in the Lord, because he has the power to do this, because he comes to us in his pity and his mercy, and he touches us and makes us clean, therefore we fear him, therefore we revere him. Because he could leave us cowering, but he's chosen to come in love for you and for me to make us clean and to bring us the life that he emanates from himself. And with that, we get to do what God the Father tells us to do. Listen to him and the gifts that he brings. Those gifts can be received here at Holy Cross on Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday, both at 8 and 10.30. God's peace and blessings be with you.